Hey everyone, this is Pastor Steve from Faith Community Church, and you are listening to Faith That Works, podcast ministry of Faith Community Church, Indianapolis, Indiana. We're so excited that you've taken time to listen to these words today. Our desire is that this would push you to a closer, deeper, more meaningful relationship with Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening. Slides to help us review. Let's talk about this real quick. We know that Paul's writing it under house arrest. We're in Acts 28 in the timeline of Paul. We know that he's desired to go to Rome to speak to Caesar. He wants to share his testimony with Caesar. And so he's under house arrest for a season there. And so while he's under house arrest, he writes four letters. These are called the prison letters, right? These four letters, Philippians, Ephesians, Colossians, Philemon. Now remember, Colossians is a group of people he's never met, right? His friend Epaphras, who was saved in Ephesus, went home to Colossae and started a church. So Epaphras was having some problems in the church, went to Rome to talk to Paul about issues in the church. Paul said, circulate this letter. I'll write a letter. You take it. You read it to Colossae. Some people say he even read it to Laodicea, which is right next door. You've heard of Laodicea from the churches of Revelation. It's all right in that kind of same region of Asia Minor, now Turkey, right there. So it was the church of Colossae. We talked about that. Uh, the address was to cultural and religious relativism, false teaching. We're seeing the same thing today. Can I get an amen? We're seeing a little motor oil. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, if you make chocolate chip cookies instead of vegetable oil, you just dabble in a little motor oil. Nobody will know the difference, right? And that's what's happening in culture today. They're wanting to throw a little motor oil in my Jesus and say it's okay. And I'm telling you what, that, that chocolate chip recipe is for the birds. I don't want it. And can I tell you, we don't dump a whole quart in at one time. It's a dropper. It's a little bit over time. Can I tell you something? We did not get where we are as a society and as a culture this week. Not even in the last 18 months. Well, the COVID's done all this. Nope, it's been coming. It's coming. And now, right, this what's happening, this motor oil, let's call it a stray cat. And now all of a sudden, it was kind of meowing outside. It's in my house peeing in the corner. Can I get an amen what I'm talking about now? Maybe I should have said that. I apologize for that. For everybody that's offended, just, I'm sorry. Do you understand? Because that's what I feel like. I smell it. It stinks. It's motor oil. It's, it's in my house. It's in, and, 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 and the church, and I'm, I'm struggling because I see the church so watered down and twisted and manipulated and controlled and, come on now, right? And Paul struggled with it, and we're struggling with it. What a great letter. But can I tell you something? Here's what we're going to do. We can't focus on the issue as much as we've got to focus on the Jesus. See, what's happened is we, now, now we've got the church, and if we're not careful, we can get so, so focused on activism, we can get so focused on making a difference that that becomes the goal. It can't be the goal. It's got to always be King Jesus. It's got to be always lifting Christ high. If the church will get busy lifting Jesus high, you won't even see the stuff. Around. Come on now, anybody hearing that? And what we've done is we've taken our eyes off Jesus and now we've focused it on the issues. But can I tell you, the issues will diminish if you'll focus on the Jesus. Yeah. Oh, come on. Now, some of y'all like that. That was good, wasn't it? You got to focus on Jesus, right? So here's some of the motor oil. The Jewish people, these are Jewish Gnostics he's dealing with now. 
Right? There's this mysterious knowledge. There's this worship of the angels. Angels are all of a sudden worthy of worship. Right? Jesus couldn't have come to earth. God is distant because everything is evil around us. If you search within yourself, you can find the mysterious knowledge that you're looking for. Ugh. Right? That's what people are saying now. The truth is inside of you. Just be you. Find yourself. Come on now. You know what I'm talking about? The truth is in the Word. It's in the Word. He gave it to us. That's where we're going to find the truth. Let's go on to the next slide. So here's some of the things that they talked about, this cultural relativism. Relativism creates a depreciation of Christ and an understanding of who he is. All of a sudden, we, we don't make the focus Jesus. Culture says you're going to be okay. Just believe, right? Believe in what? Well, it's whatever you want to as long as you're believing. Just have faith. Faith in what? Just have faith in yourself. I'm telling you what, faith in yourself will get you to hell. I'm just being honest with you, Right? I have a responsibility to tell you the truth. And if you have faith in yourself and not Christ, your eternity is going to, you're going to be hurting. Do your best. Be sincere. Just do what works for you. Hey, here's the one now. Just love everyone. Don't tell them the truth. Just love them, right? Can I tell you, love is truth. We talked about this, right? I'm going to go to leftover lunch here in a minute. If I have mashed potatoes on the side of my face, tell me, please. <laughs> Don't walk around and let me have gravy sliming down. You're like, <coughs> <coughs> Don't do that. That's not love. I said, I love you. You don't love me, right? Love is telling me, right? Love is truth, and they go together. But can I tell you something? People can't receive the truth if you've never loved them. See, we've got a lot of people ready to share the truth. I'm going to tell you what's wrong with you. Get over here. I'm going to tell you. Um, I'm sorry. You don't know me. Don't, don't matter. No, that matters. Come over here. I'm going to tell you. Right? Can, can I tell you when you hand someone a Thanksgiving dinner with no strings attached, they'll listen. That's what they do. What, what, how many times did Jesus say, what can I do for you? And then he told them the gospel. Then he told them the gospel. Right? So we've got to be careful. It's not a social gospel. We're not looking for that. Right? Because that's, that's empty and void. But we got to put the gospel, we got to put love with truth together. Amen? Colossians chapter 1, let's go. I'm fired up. Colossians 1, 15. Again, now Paul moves the focus. Last week we talked about all these things about, uh, about knowledge and obedience and how to be strengthened. We talked about power last week a little bit. And in verse 15, he talks about Jesus. He says in verse 15, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by Him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all Things, you hearing that? We're created, <laughs> I love this, through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. Whew. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be, say this with me, preeminent for in him that's going to be a big word in a minute 
In him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you, talking about us now, who once were, here we are, alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you, the same us, mind-blowing, holy and blameless and above reproach before him. Hot dogs. Amen? That's not in the Bible. That's my translation. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable, steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. We could be in here all day. There is a whole lot. We're having T-bone today right here before leftover lunch. You hearing that? So let's talk. You know, you always look for, when you're reading your Bible, look for repetitive words, right? That's a good Bible study rule. So here it is. Look at the words. Some of you picked up on it. All. Verse 15, the firstborn of all creation. 16, for by him all things were created. Uh, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before, verse 17, all things, and in him all things hold together. Uh, verse 19, for in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him, verse 20, to reconcile to himself all things. You following that? Uh, that might be in the last one. Uh, oh, verse, uh, the last verse. Which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, of which I, Paul, become a minister. That's important. So my, my thought for today was this. We, we, need a, we need a fresh revelation of who Jesus is, right? What Jesus has done for us, right? And now what do we do in response to that? That's important. So we, we, we need a revelation Again, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm throwing religion out the window, church attendance out the window, being a good person out the window. We need a revelation of who is Jesus. He's not just a guy, not just a what would Jesus do. He's not a bumper sticker. He's not a t-shirt. He's not, he is before all things, through all things, in him. All things were made by him, through him, for him. Right? It's all about, can we get this straight? Jesus. It's about you. Your marriage it's about Jesus. Raising your children, it ought to be about Jesus. You go to work tomorrow, it's about Jesus. This church service today, it's about Jesus. We're going to have lunch in a little bit. What's that about? That's really just about Jesus. Right? We're going to get together at 5 o'clock. We're going to talk about Scott Peak. But what we're going to talk about mostly is Jesus, because it was the Jesus in him that made the difference. We're going to celebrate Barb's life next Saturday. Why? What are we going to do? We're going to lift up Jesus, because she knew Jesus. We have hope. Come on, somebody. It's all about Jesus, and we need a fresh revelation of who Jesus is, and not just who he is, because he's awesome, but what he's done for us, how he's reconciled us back to the Father and made us, who are now enemies, have become friends. That's what reconciled means. And now, so what? Well, now it should change the way I live my Monday. 
my revelation of who Jesus is and what Jesus does, it's a game changer. It changes the way I wake up in the morning and the way I go to bed at night and how I conduct my everyday life. It's game changer because I know who Jesus is. I know what Jesus has done. So it changes the way that I look at my life and the way that I live. Am I following that? So let's talk about who Jesus is for just a minute. There's so much in here, but I, I want to go back. Let, let me, let's, go, let's jump around for just a minute. And I got some slides I want to show you. Watch this. So he is the image, verse 15 tells us, of the invisible God. Now, I don't want you to misunderstand this. Jesus is not a clone of God. He is the manifested likeness. That's what that means right there. He is the light. He is God. Jesus was God. He wasn't somebody God made and sent down here. We got to get that because there's some motor oil going on about that. That Jesus was created and then sent to earth. But I need you to understand, when, it, when the Bible says right there, he was the firstborn of all creation, it means he's always been. It literally, the New Living, if you have a New Living translation, that, that translation gets this right better than any of them. It says he is before anything that was created. Jesus was before anything that was created. When did Jesus begin? He didn't. You understand, right? We can't, we can't think like that. What was, kids ask me all the time at school, what was before God? There was no before God. God's always been. Well, it started God. God's always been. There is no beginning to God. Wait a minute now. Let me think about that. So who made God? God's always been. What? My brain's broke. You understand how that works? Because we don't, we don't think like that. Jesus, in the same way, has always been. For by him, all things were created. We could sit right there for just a minute. By him, by Jesus, right, in Genesis chapter 1, it wasn't just God the Father showing off, and then all of a sudden, Christmas Day, here comes Jesus. They were all together, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They all existed before Genesis 1, and they're all hanging out together when stuff starts flying around. Can I tell you, just let me give you a little, I like little fun facts, right? Emma, I'll think about Emma, little fun facts, right? Did you know that there's more, this is weird, I know. There's more insects in a square mile of here than there are people on planet Earth. There's more insects in a square mile of this property than there are people on planet Earth. That's crazy, isn't it? We think about that. I think about there's, we have chromosomes, right? We understand this, right? You've probably heard this. I mean, it's been a long time. I barely remember. I was not good at science. 46 chromosomes is in the human body. Can I tell you one chromosome holds 20 billion pieces of information? That would fill up about 4,000 volumes of books. One chromosome. You contain 46 chromosomes. So next time your wife says you don't know what you're talking about, I got chromosomes, baby. <laughs> you kidding me? I got 46 of them. I got all kinds of knowledge. I can't tap into it, but I got all kinds of information in my body. Right? I got all kinds of information. I love this. Because we're going to get to this in a minute. Because this is going to be, we're going we're to talk about this. We'll come full circle in this. But did you know right now the earth is spinning 1,000 miles an hour? We're spinning. We're spinning on its own axis 1,000 miles an hour. Did you know we're rotating around the sun at 467,000 miles per hour? Think about that. Like, and, and the fact that we don't run into each other, 
that the planets don't run into each other, that we can orbit at percent. See, can I tell you, don't be afraid of the science because the science just points me to God. Right? People say, oh, no, can't talk about science. This church can't talk about it. Science just tells me there's a creator because this just couldn't happen. We just couldn't travel 467 miles per hour. What's a jet? 500 miles an hour? A commercial jet, roughly? 500 miles an hour? So the earth is spinning 1,000 miles an hour. We're spinning 467,000 miles an hour around, and we don't run into Mars? Kidding me? Really? Right? But it just happens to be that way? No, no, no. There's a God, right? I, I'll tell you this. I, I'm going to get emotional here. I try not to. Be like, you're always emotional, so it's no big deal. We're used to it. So... I was holding our, our, our grandbaby's two weeks old, and if you're not if you think your grandbaby's beautiful, no, you got nothing. Good, nice try. We got the most beautiful grandbaby on the planet right now. She's two weeks old, so you know I'm being honest. I'm trying to be sappy here, but I'm looking at her, going, "What kind of hope can I offer her?" And she's not thinking like that, right? And, and it'd be easy for us to say, "Oh man, what what a what a terrible she entered." into an evil time. It's always been evil, but you understand. But I look around and it's just an evil, it's an evil time. And for some reason, the moment that I was holding her for the very first time, I don't know if all babies do this, or maybe she's just got rhythm. She just kind of got this little head bob going on. Did you remember that? She was just kind of, mm, mm, mm. So I'm like, I need a song that goes with the head bob. Because that's the music guy in me. Like, what can I sing? And only one song, I said, what can I, and I started singing, whew, he's got the whole, he's got the whole world in his hands, he's got the whole, so I can tell baby Quinn, hey, it's, it's dark outside, it's an evil day, that's our song now, by the way. I hold her, I start singing. Hey, 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 baby Quinn. He's got the whole world. And she can take that to the bank. Because he does. He holds all things. Right? Did you hear that? By him, through him, for him, all things were created. He is not only the creator, he is the sustainer. Right? Look at that. What does it say? In him, all things hold together. Right? Verse 17. He is before all things. What that means right there, he is the original. Right? He was before time. And in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the ecclesia, the called out ones. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. So let's go to these slides. Let's talk about who is Jesus for just a second. There's some things you need to know. Let's go to that other one. You've got one before that, I think, right? Right there, nope, nope, get close. It should say who? I know they're small back there. Do you have that one or no? Nope, don't have that one? Okay, that's fine. We can look at this together. Some of you can see that list. He is the image. So let's talk about who Jesus is real quick. There's seven things right here, right? He is the image of the invisible God. He's the firstborn of all creation. By him, all things were created. Think about who Jesus is. Right? He is before all things. He is the, holds all things together. He's the head of the body. He's the firstborn from the dead. So let's go to that life and death slide right there, Mike. Give me that slide back up. So watch this. So if he's the firstborn of all creation, again, repetitive words at the bottom, 
verse 18, he's the firstborn from the dead. That means this. When the Bible says firstborn, so he's the firstborn of creation. He is before anything was created. So he is life and he's the firstborn from the dead. He's the first person to ever have the power within himself to overcome death. He's the firstborn from the dead. So he has the power of life. He has power over death. That's how powerful our Jesus is. He created it all. He made it all. And when death tried to take him out, he took that over too. He is life. He is death. He is Jesus. Can I get an amen right there? Give God a big hand. Can you do that real quick? So let's talk about who we are. The Bible tells us who we are in verse 21. Talking about us. We were alienated, right? We were hostile in mind. We were doing evil deeds. That's who we are. That's what we've done. But God, amen? And look at this. But what Jesus has done. Look what Jesus has done. Verse 22. He is reconciled in his body of flesh by his death, by the blood of the cross. Can I tell you, this is why we have communion. This is why we remember, because he has reconciled us back to God. Now remember, enemies pulled, were separated, alienated. We were, we were born enemies of God, separated by our sin. But Jesus, by his death on the cross, has reconciled us, brought us back. So now watch this. So it's one thing that he's made us, we talked about last week, Aphesus, remember that? Forgiven. My sin has been taken away. But not only now have I been justified to God, I've been made right with God. Now I've been reconciled to God. It's one thing for you to forgive me. It's another thing for you to say, I'm not even mad about it anymore. Let's be friends. You follow that? So what God has done through his son Jesus, not only has he taken away my sin, but now he's pulled me back close and said, now let's be close. He's reconciled me to himself through the death of Jesus on the cross. We were now enemies. Now I can be friends. It's not only that he's just forgiven my debt. He's not only just wiped away my sin. He's not only cleared my record, but now he wants to know me and I get to know him I've been reconciled to God. How? Through the blood of the cross. We had a great conversation about this in men's prayer yesterday. You, can I tell you, you cannot separate our faith from the blood. People want to say, oh, the blood's gruesome, can't talk about the blood. Can I tell you, denominations are kicking blood songs out of their hymnals. And I'm telling you what, we cannot separate our faith from the blood of the cross. It's what makes us right. And some people say, well, why do we take communion every week? Because I want to get to the cross every week. I want us to go as a church to the cross every time, every Sunday we gather. It's important to go to the cross. Maybe you were like me. There was no rhyme or reason in my church growing up when we took communion. It was almost like when the preacher thought about it. Oh, we ain't had communion lately. Or it was the first Sunday of the month. Or the fifth Sunday of the month. Oh, it's communion Sunday. Hey, I want to go to the cross every Sunday. It's got to be special every Sunday. It's the blood, church, that makes us right before God. It's the blood that reconciles us, that pulls us in. I could not be reconciled to the Father if not for the cost and the price paid by the Son who died for me. 
on the cross. And what's he done? Come on, really? You've made me holy? Ugh. Do you know who I am? Don't you know what I've done? And Jesus says, it's not about what you've done. It's what I'm doing for you. See, that's the gospel. The gospel is not get as good as you can. The gospel is you'll never get good. Come on, anybody hearing that? You will never get good. You will never be righteous. You will never be holy. It is impossible. But Jesus says, come this way. I got you. I love this. I will impute my righteousness on you. I will give you my righteousness. Gary, you're a low-down, stinking scoundrel. And Jesus says, I got you. Now, and then, and then now the father looks again and goes, Ooh, look at that holy man. Look at that, look at that blameless man. Gary's above reproach. Gary's blameless. Gary's holy. And Gary goes, um, but, but, and Jesus is like, Psh, mm, I got you. Right? If somebody says they're buying your dinner, it don't matter if you broke or not, your dinner's paid for. Anybody hearing that right there? Now, I'm not saying you should take me to dinner or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What you have in your wallet when you walk in the restaurant doesn't even matter. Why? Because Manny's got you. Manny's like, really? <laughs> Me? Right? Because Jesus has you. So you don't need to constantly remind God how terrible you are. All you got to do is thank God for Jesus. Just thank him for Jesus. God, you've made me holy. You've made me righteous. I can't. So can I tell you, the response, it's worship. I got nothing else but a song and a hallelujah. And my hands lifted high. That's all I got. You're like, Jesus, I got to go to church all the time. I got to pay you back. <laughs> Shut your mouth. You don't know what you're talking about. Pay me back. Like you could never pay God back, right? Some of you think you owe God something. You, you can never repay what you owe God. What you can't say is thank you. What you can't say is thank you. And you can, and, and, and never stop saying thank you. And when you stop saying thank you, you got to start thinking, wait a minute now. Because then even, listen, as Christians, we can become entitled. Right? I've been, Jesus, I've been in church my whole life. <laughs> so What? So what? I read my Bible every day. Pfft, who cares? So what? I give a lot of money. That means nothing. I, oh, Jesus, you died for me. I'm holy. I'm blameless. I'm above reproach. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah is all I got. And can I tell you, your obedience will become easy when you get your hallelujah right first. Oh, come on now. That's so good. That's a good preacher. Amen. Right? You get your hallelujah right, you'll start tithing. You get your hallelujah right, you'll be here when the door's open. You get your hallelujah right, you'll start telling people about Jesus. You ain't got to go to a soul winning class. It'll just come out of you. Right? It'll just come out of you when you get your hallelujah right and you praise and you live in gratitude every day. Oh, Jesus, what you've done for me. Holy cow. Tomorrow morning, Monday morning, you're going to go, oh, I'm going to work today. Oh, it's going to be terrible. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm holy. I'm above reproach. I'm born again. I'm going to, you understand? That's what drives us every day. Amen. Come on now. All right, so let's keep going. Let's keep going. That's the introduction. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Amen, amen. So let's talk about, let's go to this next slide with the son. 
because it was about, uh, Mr. Bricky's not here, he can help me on this, but it was about the 16th century, that's right, he's out there. About the 16th century, Copernicus finally realized that we don't rotate around the earth, we rotate around the sun, right? Everybody's heard that story, remember that a little bit? That for the longest time we thought we rotated around the earth, but in actuality we rotate around the sun. Now let's go back to that. The reason we can rotate, the reason we can spin around the earth at that great speed and not run into it is called the gravitational force, Right? There's a gravitational force working with inertia that keeps us at that exact flying speed without running into other planets or actually getting too close to the sun, right? It pulls us around. But what we had to discover real quick is that the sun is the center. The largest object in our galaxy is the object with the greatest gravitational pull. So because the sun is the largest object, in the solar system, that has the greatest gravitational pull. Therefore, we rotate. Anybody following that for just a second? So that's the science behind it. But I want to tell you, my question to you today is, what are you rotating around? What is the center? Because if you look back at verses, at verse 19, I told you we'd get back to this. Uh, it's 18. That in everything, this is so critical for us today. That in everything, somebody say Everything. He might, he, Jesus, might be preeminent. That he would be the center. Not just an important part of your life. This is where the church is messed up. We, we, we've gotten Jesus, he's a valuable part of our life. He, he has prominence. Oh, listen. But he doesn't have preeminence. He's not He's not top dog. That's why God very, at the beginning when he's building his covenant relationship with his people, the very first thing, there will be no other gods before me. You can't have anything else. You can't rotate. You can't orbit around anything else but me. I have to be at the center of everything in your life. But, good church people, let's show the next slide. Here's, here's what we're talking about here. Right? We all, we all know this. This is the way we were born. Your, your orbit was self. Not me. I was a good person from the day I was born. No, you're not. Hey, I love baby Quinn, but she's a sinner. She couldn't help it. It's the curse. Can't talk about the baby like that. I'm just telling you it's the truth. She can't help it. I didn't make her that way. Adam and Eve did. We following that? There's a curse we're all born into. And the only escape from the curse is the blood of the cross. So we're all born selfish people, right? We're not going to have to tell baby Quinn how to lie. She'll know how to do that. She'll automatically, she won't go to lying school when she's three years old. Now, I do what? Say the opposite of what's true? Okay. She'll know how to do that. It comes natural because that's the sin nature. Self-sin. That's where. We, so we all get that. We all know that's bad. But can I tell you, then we turn, if we're not careful, we turn religious. And this is what our orbit looks like. Look at this next one. Now we become into good works. We'll rotate around good works. Now, I know churches that are orbiting around a Personality, built on the personality of a person, a charismatic type 
person or, or maybe you're orbiting around your own personality. I, I put conspiracy because I feel like that's where a lot of us are rotating right now. What, what's, the, what's the latest? What's going on? What are, they, what are they really doing to us? What's really happening? And I'm not saying we shouldn't talk about that or know about it. It can't be the center though. It cannot, are you hearing me? It cannot be the center Good works cannot be the center. Religion cannot be the center. The church cannot be the center. The church cannot be the center. Can I tell you what's got to be the center? Let's go to this next one. There it is. It's got to be Jesus. He's got to be the center. Let's clap for that. We can clap for that, right? Jesus and Jesus alone is the center of everything that we do. So the question is, let's go to this next one. So the question is, is he prominent or is he preeminent? Is Jesus the Mars of your life or is he the sun? That's good. You can have to listen to this again. Getting all kinds of stuff hot off the press today. <laughs> right? Because a lot of people will think, well, Jesus is in my orbit Jesus is in my solar system, so i got to be a good person. If he's not the sun, then can I tell you, everything's out of orbit. Everything is out of sync. If Jesus, that's why people are like, I've been going to church for a lot of years, but I can't figure life out, still, still struggling. But is it Jesus? Do you have the Jesus down? Right? If you're coming to church faithfully, but you're never reading your Bible, then maybe your Jesus is a Mars is a Jupiter, but he's not the sun. He's not the center. He has got that in everything. He might be preeminent. Think about that. Is Jesus preeminent? And you're thinking, well, that's, that's a lot to ask. I'm not in full-time ministry. I got other stuff to do. I got to work a job. I got to raise kids. I got to do this. I got to do But in everything, that's why Paul tells us, in whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, do all for the glory of God. See, God's, I'll tell you this, God's on a mission to show off, and he's going to use you to do it. Follow that just for a second. God is in the business, he's in the business right now of showing off his majesty, his love, his glory, his character, he wants the world to see that he is good. How's he doing that? He's doing it in you. He's doing it. He's doing it in you. Is he preeminent in your life? So let's talk about that. What is preeminent faith? Let's look, he tells us right here at the end of this passage right here. Preeminent faith. If indeed you continue, verse 23, in the faith, stable steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel. Can I tell you what the gospel does? It makes you stable. You, you follow that? When, when Jesus is preeminent, worry goes out the window. I don't know. What are we going to do? We're going to go around it again? We're going to go around it again. I don't know what's going on right now, but I know that Jesus is the center of everything, so we're going to figure this out. It makes me stable. It makes me, what does it say? Steadfast. It causes me to not shift. See, that's the thing. We got Christians just as panicked as non-Christians. Is Jesus worth it or not? 
Is Jesus making a difference or not? Is Jesus causing us stability or just keeping us busy on Sunday mornings? He's got to make me stable on Monday. He's got to cause me to not shift. When I turn on the news, I'm like, well, I don't care. I got the sun. I got Jesus as the center. I'm not, I'm not worried about none of this. I, I want to be aware, but it can't, it, can't, it can't shift me. You hearing that? You hearing that? Bad news. I got I to I take it in. It can't, it can't shift me. It can't rock me. Because Jesus is the center. And everything's revolving around him. Can I tell you that everything you will ever find out, Jesus already knew. You hearing that? Right? Jesus already knew. So any news you get this week, if, if, if Jesus is preeminent, if he's the son, if he's the center, then he already knows. So now, okay, oh, Jesus, we're ro I'm rotating around you. Uh, looks like there's an asteroid coming straight for me right now. I'm a little nervous about this. And Jesus, I like, just relax. I got this. Well, you're, you're going, I got you. We're going to move. We're just going to keep on moving. Anybody following that? But Jesus has to be the center. He keeps us stable. He keeps us steadfast. He causes me to not shift. Can I tell you, we've said this before in this place, that the size of your faith is the exact same size of the thing that will cause you to lose it. Follow that? The size of your faith is actually the size of the thing that will cause you to lose it. Because we I look at somebody, I'm not going to embarrass you, Fred Bishop, you got giant faith. Fred Bishop's got giant faith sitting back there. He's like, cancer? All right. Praise the Lord, let's go. That's giant faith. Some of you freak out over a zit on your forehead. Like, ah! Fred's back there with cancer going, let's go, cancer. Come on, Jesus, let's go. And you're like, you don't know whether to pop it or leave it alone, right? That's your dilemma. Man, I am crazy today. What is coming out of my mouth today? Okay, 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 okay. Right? It's like, come on, what is the size of your faith, church? Let's be faithful. Let's be faithful, and we'll stand together. That's the beautiful thing about coming together. We'll stand together. Amen? Let's talk about this. What's this preeminent faith look like? What's the purpose of it? The purpose of preeminent faith, I'm wrapping this up, bringing it home, is to proclaim the gospel. That, that, that's the whole thing. God wants you to have preeminent, orbiting around him. Jesus, you're the center, you're it, you're everything. There's nothing more magnificent than you, Jesus. Come on, you hearing that? You are all satisfying, all magnificent. There is nothing else in my life greater than you. You are it. Right? And when you have faith that lives like that, what's the point? To point other people to it. To point other people to it. It's not just for you. Come on now. See, we've become so self-centered. We've become, we, we think discipleship is about me. Discipleship is about you becoming more like Jesus so that others can see and want to drink from the well you've drank from. Your life ought to make me thirsty for more of Christ. 
right? We're either going to just play church or we're going to be disciples. We're either going to play church or we're going to be disciples. Okay, all right, I'm needing your assistance. You ready? She has no idea. I just, that's, that's the first time she's heard that. All right, so, so here's the point. We can get into this all day, but 1 Corinthians talks about the idea that we are transformed from glory to glory. So my thought is this today for you. If Jesus is the center, let's, we're going to bring it home with this thought. If Jesus is the center and he is preeminent in my life, then the point, what, 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 what's he say right here? Go, go to the end. Go to the end. Mm. Verse 23, if indeed you continue in the faith, so walk out this faith in Christ who is above all, knows all, through all, for all, he's in it all, it's by him, for him. If indeed you continue stable, steadfast, not shifting from the hope, watch this, of the gospel that you have heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven of which I, Paul, became a minister. So the point of you having Jesus in the center and being the sun and you everything in your life rotates around the sun, rotates around Jesus, the son of God. If everything in your life rotates, then it's about you reflecting him, proclaiming the gospel, your preeminent faith, the purpose of it. It's not just so you feel better about yourself, but just so that others can see the faith and who that faith is in. This most powerful, awesome Jesus, it's your job to reflect him. So watch this. So just walk around the room. Just go anywhere. You just, just spin around. Now, just walk. Yep, up and down the aisles. Go, go, go towards the people. So, so, so it's my job. So you can go anywhere you want. See, my goal is for you to not see me as much as that you see her. Whoop. See, i got to stay in step with her. You following? Anybody following this? So now I'm going to come over here to this side because there's people. Nope, keep going. You're good. Right? She's going to check her hair. Everybody following? This is what you need to be doing. You need to cover up yourself so that people can see Jesus. I don't want to be seen. What John the Baptist say? I must decrease. He must so wait a minute, I gotta stay in step. I gotta stay in step because I don't want to be seen. I'm trying to hide back here. I'm trying to hide. I want you to see her. Anybody following that? Does that make any sense? Now here's the problem. Keep walking around. Keep walking around. Here we are. Woo-hoo-hoo. Woo, look at me. Ain't I pretty? That's good. Yeah. All right. The kissy lips thing, I don't understand that. Right? The kissy lip selfie. What's that about? You kiss? I don't understand that at all. I never understand a few years ago when the kids were all sticking their tongue out like, like, what's that about? I don't know. But you understand? So, all of a sudden, it's, it's not about her. It's not about Christ. It's about me. And you say, well, that's exhausting following her around. It's my goal. It's what I live for. I live so that you will see Christ. And so I daily die to myself, I daily give up my own rights, I daily right, deny myself, pick up my cross, and I want to reflect Jesus to all of you. I want you to see her. 
Look at me. I want you to see what I've seen. I saw her. And now I want you to see what I've seen. Because it will change you. By following that? Are we going to do that? God help us. God help me. I'm the first one today. God help me. That my preeminent faith might point people to Christ. Amen? Would you bow your heads? Now what are you going to do about that? What are you going to do with the truth you've been told today from God's word? Is he preeminent in your life? You are alienated, enemies of God. He has reconciled you. Not for your own benefit, but it does benefit you. But for the benefit of the gospel to spread and to be proclaimed over all creation. That the gospel, it's about, it's not about you, it's about the gospel. The good news, euangelion, the gospel. It's about the good news. And your life reflects that gospel to everyone you come in contact with. And that in my life and in your life, we point people to the one who is above all, who made all, he holds all together. Everything was made by him, for him, through him. We have hope. We've been made steady, stable. We're not shifting. The world can't pull me. I'm rock solid in the gospel. My feet are planted deep and I want the world to see all creation we want to proclaim this gospel to all the ends of the earth God help us 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 We've allowed the enemy to pull us down into self-seeking, self-gratifying, self-pitying, selfish people. And we've made it about us. And it's not about us. It's about the gospel. It's about proclaiming the greatness of the one who reconciled us to the Father. So where are you? Where are you? Thanks for listening to our podcast today. Faith Community Church is located at 6801 South East Street, Indianapolis, Indiana, 46227. We are on the south side of Indy on the corner of US 31 and Southport Road. For more information about our church, please go to www.fccindianapolis.com. We worship Sunday mornings, 10 a.m., 
Sunday nights at 6 p.m. and midweek services as well. We have activities and studies for all ages. We have something for your entire family. Come be a part of our family. We would love to see you sometime. Have a blessed day and always remember that Jesus changes everything.